Welcome to The Filmographers, the podcast where every episode we watch a the entire filmography of one actor and then tell you what's worth it and what isn't. Uh, I'm your host, Lonnie Burnham. Uh, as listeners may know, uh, my co-host Katie uh, abandoned the podcast, so we're switching to a new format where I have a different uh, guest co-host every episode. And our first ever guest co-host is Matt Toby. Uh, he's very funny. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Matt Toby, or sorry, at M Toby. Uh, and he, uh, has a lot of enthusiasm for Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you want to, uh, briefly talk about, uh, your experience with an attitude towards Dwayne Johnson prior to embarking on all this viewing? Oh gosh, I would love to. Um, well, I guess... Uh, I guess my enthusiasm for Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, uh, really started to ramp up when he joined the Fast and Furious franchise, which is very near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, although I had always appreciated his work, um, I think The Rundown was probably the first movie that I saw him in, um, and uh, was like, hey... He's, um, you know, he's more than just a wrestler. You know, he's, he's got, he's got some other talent here and let's see what this guy's got. And, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been all uphill from there for the rock as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, so, uh, I'm not going to be forcing my guest co-host to watch quite everything. So some of this will just be, <laughs> Actually, yeah, you I did have, a great job. I have a confession to make, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I was very excited about this, but I, I did misunderstand the original instructions, and I actually uh, just watched The Rock a hundred times um, <laughs> with uh, Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery, uh, so I apologize. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, all right, so... The Rock's first uh, credit that wasn't wrestling is a that 70s show episode called That Wrestling Show, uh, where Red bonds with Eric by taking him to a wrestling show where uh, The Rock cameos playing his actual father, who was also uh, a famous wrestler, um, which is very adorable. And uh, so that 70s show is extremely cheesy, Rewatching it now. Um, uh, if you're not into, like, multi-camera sitcoms uh you will not like it uh but i think it's a very nice little show with a lot of heart it's very like relationship based like uh this episode the stakes are just uh eric's father isn't spending enough time with him and that's the whole episode and i it's impossible like to that, hate that show. <laughs> yeah it's very endearing yeah what what um did you say that the rock plays his own father yeah, I, I didn't oh, know nice. this, but, like, he said his name in the episode, so I, like, Googled it to see if it was a real guy, and it's his father. Uh, there's, like, a there's like a joke where he's like, I have a dream that someday my son will be the greatest wrestler in the world. 
No way. Well, now yeah. I regret not watching that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're, we're it's up to a one good one so far. We're going to have a lot of those. But. Most of the ones that you said you hadn't seen, I was like, he made the right call. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, so I'm giving that a worth it. Right. Uh, next is a Star Trek Voyager episode Did that I'm definitely going to pronounce wrong. Uh, Sunkatsi, I think. Uh, and it has... Uh, what? I said that works for me. <laughs> uh, it's that trope, the sci-fi fantasy trope where uh, someone gets kidnapped by an underground fight to the death uh, cage match ring, which sure. I always enjoy. That's just a winning formula for an episode. Again, uh, it focuses... Yeah, it focuses on 709, who is a great character. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is another pretty easy worth it for me. Uh, All right, we got two regrets on my side. <laughs> I, I was hoping that you were going to tell me that that was not worth it, but now I feel like i got to watch it. Yeah, I think those are both on Netflix, and they're very right. fun. Uh, so then we have his feature film debut, The Mummy Returns, which is structured in this really weird way where it feels like they, like, got the rock at the last minute because it like mm. opens with this like whole origin story of the scorpion king and then he's just gone for like 80 minutes and then at the end the scorpion king is back but now he's like a really bad cgi actual scorpion man oh, and yeah. he looks like someone from like a video game from 20 years ago um, i feel like i can just just knowing what i know <laughs> about the entertainment industry i think your theory is correct they probably <laughs> had a they probably had a script. They probably already started shooting it. And then someone like ran into the rock at Starbucks and was like, hey, do you want to be in a movie? And <laughs> they just figured it out. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre. It's, guys, wait for like the post credit scene to, to set up your sequel. You don't have to do it in 10 minutes at the beginning that are unrelated to most of the movie. Yeah, I did uh, not see The Mummy Returns. I also didn't see The Mummy, the first one. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have ridden the Mummy roller coaster at Universal <laughs> Studios many, many times, and it's definitely a, a sleeper ride. It's way underrated, so right. I can I can give that one a thumbs up just <laughs> nice. based on the ride. <laughs> um, I gotta give the Mummy Returns a not worth it. What it kept reminding me of is um, the like movie, the like twenty minute movies that they have in like history museums to like try to like wake kids up it had right. like it felt like it had like the production values and story of one of those yes okay. um I totally know what you're talking about <laughs> uh next up is the scorpion king I uh, saw this. the, the spin-off of the mummy returns matt what did you think of the scorpion king i love the scorpion king <laughs> i think scorpion king is fantastic it's entertaining from start to finish it's very self-aware it looks a little bit like uh, an hour and a half episode of Xena Warrior Princess <laughs> um, in the best way. Um, and The Rock um, is like very much at his rockiness <laughs> because he was, you know, he was still uh, a wrestler and, you know, the whole thing was just kind of uh, banking on his wrestling stardom. And so they did not shy away at all from the eyebrow and um and i don't know it's the interesting thing to me you know you know i i, I did not see the mummy returns but it doesn't sound like i missed much but mm -hmm. the it, really interesting thing to me about scorpion king is how much like you can see like all of the rocks uh, movie career <laughs> all, already in that 
movie and in that role like you know he is a you can i think that he probably has a lot of control over uh the movies that he does because there's a there's a continuity there that existed <laughs> all those years back that i feel like still exists you know i didn't see um skyscraper but i did see rampage which is the second most recent movie <laughs> and i feel like from uh you can draw a straight line from mm -hmm. scorpion king to, to rampage and i give uh scorpion king an enthusiastic endorsement what about All you right. did you like it no i thought oh, it was no. really boring <laughs> i like <laughs> i just felt like it was like a bunch of like unrelated bits and i was like i I don't feel invested in this at all. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Um, it, well, yeah, it felt very to weird to me. Kill the sorceress. Oh, okay. He was enchanted by her, and, and so he had second thoughts. And <laughs> turned out those second thoughts were were correct. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> he was right to have second thoughts. Her her story was much more complicated than at first glance. <laughs> all right. Um, next up is a movie called The Rundown. Uh, I saw that. The concept of this one is that a guy pays uh, The Rock to go get his shitty son, Sean William Scott. So it's just like a whole movie of The Rock dragging Sean William Scott around in handcuffs. Uh, in the jungle. Yeah. I It came out when I was in middle school, but I didn't see it in middle school, which would have been the time to see it. Uh, it's all just like four confused boys, and I enjoyed about it. It, it like ends with Sean William Scott being like, I'm not going to let you just push me around anymore. And then just being like, I'm kidding. Tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a weird uh, platonic BDSM movie uh, <laughs> for two hours. And I, I appreciate that about it. So I like, am tempted to give it a worth it. But I'm also like, it needed to either be better or like even hornier. So I have to, like, give it a very mild not worth it. That's an interesting point. So I saw the rundown when it first came out, um, and I was, I was an adult. Um, and I liked it when it first came out, and I have not seen it since. So my inclination is to give it a, a, a worth it, even though I did not revisit it. But your horniness comment does <laughs> give me pause, because I do think that's a very valid point. You know, well, don't half-ass the horniness. <laughs> um, but overall, The Rock, Sean William Scott, Christopher Walken. Um, and I want to say Uncle Rico is also in that movie. Does that sound right? I, I don't remember that. I know Rosario I, Dawson is there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe Uncle Rico is the bad guy or like okay. the second-in-command bad guy. And so, you know, that's that's a, a big plus for me so i'm gonna give that one a worth it uh and this was just uh the year of the rock making his way through the dukes of hazard because the next one is the also very homoerotic uh walking tall yeah uh the rock is a veteran who comes back to his hometown and discovers it's changed and now there's a corrupt casino so he runs for sheriff fires everybody and makes his best friend Johnny Knoxville the the deputy and then they just like run around playing by their own rules terrorizing drug dealers uh it's 
not great, uh, but I found it pretty fun and pretty charming. And I feel like it mostly, like, it works because The Rock isn't white and the bad guys all are white. If nice. either of those things wasn't true, you would be like, this is very uncomfortable. Why is the sheriff doing this? But uh, it's there's a lot of just distance from reality where you can be like, aw, The Rock and Johnny Knoxville are friends and they don't like drugs. Uh, <laughs> it's just like a very simplistic uh movie that i probably should not have enjoyed but i did and i'm giving it a worth it yeah i i don't i don't know if i saw walking tall or not um i at first i was like yeah i definitely saw that but then i started to doubt myself because i couldn't really remember any details about it other than (laughs) you know the very basic description of the rock is cleaning up his town with the help of johnny knoxville um but I feel like I liked it. <laughs> it's very hard to remember whether or not you've seen different movies starring The Rock. Yeah, They're they, do, so they similar. do definitely blend together. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I was very surprised that um, uh, Escape from Witch Mountain and Journey 2 were two different movies <laughs> because I definitely <laughs> blended those in, in my mind. And I was like, oh yeah, I definitely saw Journey 2. And I was like, I did not. I saw Escape from Witch Mountain. <laughs> And I thought those were the same movie and remembered parts of both trailers in one movie. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, Next up is Be Cool, which is a sequel to Get Shorty, which I never saw. But I've seen Be Cool twice. Um, It's the, the, the rock character is gay. And I'm always like, that'll be like interesting or enjoyable. And it never is. It's not. It's. It's just a very confusing movie. It's mostly Christina Milan musical numbers. It's like, there's like five different times you're like, oh, I guess I'm just watching Christina Milan sing. But even that makes it sound better than it is. It's like, it's just very confusing. It feels like it's like a satire of very specific Hollywood things that I'm not aware of. Um, And yeah, I always have, have trouble following it. I don't like get the humor. Yeah. I gotta give it a not worth it. Does The Rock do gay stuff in it? He does a, uh, he's like an aspiring actor and he does a monologue that's just like dialogue from Bring It On where he's saying like both parts. And um, that's pretty charming. Even though like I've watched Bring It On so many times that I know it's not the actual dialogue and it always bugged me. Oh, that is annoying. Um, but uh yeah so like his his character could be charming but he's just kind of uh not um and it's also like uh sort of only implied that he's gay it like comes off like it could just be people making fun of him but also i really distinctly remember an interview the rock did where he clarifies that the character is because i remember his phrasing was like the character's a lot like me he's a gay man um and that was like a thing people <laughs> talked about for like a week. <laughs> wow, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I guess I don't have any regrets about missing this one. <laughs> I didn't have any regrets about missing it at the time. I actually did see Get Shorty. And I'm one of the few people who did not like Get Shorty. And so when there was a poorly reviewed sequel, it was a pretty, it was a no-brainer for me. Hmm. Um, and then uh, next up is Doom. A classic video game movie, just like a lot of people, people walking through hallways, 
aiming guns at stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just seen Rampage when I watched this one, and it was just like uh, beat for beat, just like worse Rampage, just like Rampage if it wasn't executed well. Uh, I got super bored. I don't like Carl Urban. I think he's like an incredibly bland performer. Um, Interesting. I'm a fan. Do, do you like him in the uh, Star Trek movies? No, I I don't feel like he has a lot of personality uh, in that or like really in anything. I don't know. All right, fair enough. Um, I want to know because you're making you just made me realize that The Rock has been in at least three video game movies. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's got to be a record. Yeah, it does seem like it, right? Yeah. Um, we'll investigate that. Anyway, I didn't <laughs> see I didn't see Doom. Yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely one you can skip. It yeah, feels like, uh, it's so much them, like, walking through, like, brick hallways. It feels like watching, like, a screensaver for, like, a really long time. <laughs> well, now I want to see it. <laughs> okay, yeah. I love screensavers. <laughs> um, next up is one you've seen. What did you think of Southland Tales? Um, I really like Southland Tales, uh, even though I did not finish it because it's, like, seven hours long. <laughs> um, but it is weird and <laughs> cool. And um, that guy, it's the the um, Donnie Darko guy. It's the second movie he made, and it kind of killed his career, I think, because it was this oh. big, huge, ambitious, expensive movie with Justin Timberlake musical numbers and <laughs> it's really strange post-apocalyptic thing. Um, but I dug it. It was it's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Did you like Southland Tales? Um, no, I, I really don't like being confused. Uh, it's very confusing. I don't, yeah. I don't pretend to understand <laughs> it 100%. Yeah, I feel but like it's I... it's very long. <laughs> yeah, I feel like part of why I love Dwayne Johnson movies so much is that they're simple. They're like, we've got to get to the top of the skyscraper. Yeah. Um, uh, so this definitely does not deliver on that. Um, nope. Yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I didn't really get it. Uh, it is very weird, but... I don't know, like, it wasn't weird enough to really feel that interesting to me. Like, a lot of the stuff about, like, you know, like, reality stars are becoming so important. Like, I was kind of like, yeah, like, everyone is talking about that in 2005. Like, it didn't, like, feel like it was, it was, like, doing anything, like, that interesting um, for how weird it was. And um, I, like, looked it up afterwards, uh... Just to like, because I was so confused by it, I was like, oh, I want to know more about like what people liked it. And I like read some reviews from people who did like it, and they were all sort of like, there's so much to dig into. Like, you can read all these comics related to it. And I was like, I don't want to do homework just oh, to like, yeah. like this movie. Yeah, I can't take it, deal with that stuff either, where it's like you have to have all this <laughs> outside context to really understand it and appreciate it. And it's like, well, that doesn't sound I did like a successful think... movie to me. Yeah, I did think Sarah Michelle Gellar was very charming as always. She yes. was definitely the best part. Agree. Um, and then uh, next he was in Gridiron Gang, which is about a guy who uh, starts a football team in a juvenile detention center. And it's just like that classic, like preachy savior movie. Just yeah. like all the cliches. Uh it reminded me of the we've previously talked about the um uh 
in the Michael B. Jordan episode, we talked about a Keanu Reeves movie where he's a coach that was basically uh, exactly yeah. what this. What's that called? I remember. No, I can't that remember. Movie. Yeah, but yeah, we, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't need any of those in my life. Minds. It's all you know. It's that <laughs> whole genre. Mm-hmm. I did not see Good Eye again, but I'm and, still gonna uh, say not worth it. <laughs> That's totally fair. I support that. Um, next up is one he just has a cameo in, uh, Reno 911 Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that movie? Um, you know, I didn't think it was great. It, mm-hmm. it has some laughs, and I like the people involved in it, and I kind of, it's a very scrappy movie, and so a movie like that that I can tell, um, they didn't have a lot of resources and they were just kind of making you know doing their best and making the most <laughs> of, of the bad situation um I'm, I'm talking about a movie that probably cost like 20 million dollars <laughs> but i'm like oh they were just you know the the kids at the community center you know pitching in together to make a movie um but you know it has that that feeling about it and uh so there are elements that i like about it but i'm gonna have to go with not worth it overall yeah, me too. I was like pretty disappointed. Uh, it just felt like a lot of like scenes that I felt like should be funny. I was like, these are good improvisers, and I feel like there's a funny premise here, but you're just kind of sitting there being like, mm, this seems kind of long. Like, <laughs> yep. And I like the TV show, and you know, it, it has some of the spirit of the TV show, but uh, it, it didn't translate well to the feature film format. Yeah, it's always it's always hard when TV shows get turned into movies and they're like they have to like make everything bigger, but it's not like right really entertaining. Doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Hannah Montana episode. Don't stop till you get the phone. Uh, this was right before the game plan came out, so of course uh, Disney had Dwayne Johnson uh, cameo in two of their shows, so yeah. that kids would find out who he is and then be like i've always loved him what a big deal dwayne johnson is um yeah. uh so he was in hannah montana don't stop till you get the phone and Corey in the house never the dwayne shall meet uh i feel pretty secure giving both of these a not worth it uh they're not available for free and they're kids shows from like eight years ago lenny did so, you pay to watch those episodes I, yes i did wow you are so committed i (laughs) i really respect that i did not um yeah they're to watch them i didn't watch them at all (laughs) they are not good i feel like uh disney channel had kind of a a dead zone after lizzie mcguire but before like girl meets world when their shows were just like really like insincere and just like uh just kind of like uh phoned in and like very obviously for the paycheck did not do not care for that era yeah agree um and uh so speaking of the game plan that's our next there movie it is the game plan i saw it i'm gonna i thought it was um fine mm-hmm. um and you know there's that there's it's a little bit manipulative when you've got the uh, cute little kid and the rough grown man and, you know, they overcome their differences and 
figure out the theory of what they need in each other's lives, but it was also very cliche and mm-hmm. extremely forgettable. And I'm going to go with a not worth it on the game plan. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was like parts of it were pulled off like well relative for this genre. Um, sure. Like the the plot worked pretty well up until like when he's like really fighting to get custody. I was sort of like, you just met her. Maybe try just like <laughs> visiting once a month first and like. <laughs> Let's just be friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it like it it had uh some parts that were not bad but like overall i was like this is certainly not as painful as like jersey girl or whatever oh, no. the Catherine zeta jones one was was that it wasn't no reservations i don't even know which one you're talking about it uh, it's like better than i am sam and you know which i would probably consider to be like the the bottom of that barrel <laughs> right. um i did not see jersey girl there was a Catherine zeta jones one yeah, it's, I, I think it might be called No Reservations, where she's, like, this famous chef, and then I think it was Abigail and Spencer Breslin show up on her door. They're, like, her niece oh. and nephew. Um, oh. Yeah, and is, it, is Bradley Cooper in there? Maybe. Maybe. Um, baby <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of the TV now. show he was in that had a similar name, like Kitchen oh. Confidential? Well, oh, this is this is too many show? tangents. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're way off track. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought like uh, the game plan was like upper tier for these kinds of movies, but still like ultimately not good. It's not like a funny movie. I feel like these movies always kind of like forget to actually be funny. Yes. Um, and uh, his love interest is Rob. Yeah, uh, his love interest is Rosalind Sanchez, which is like such an insanely hot movie couple to be wasted on Disney's The Game Plan. That's a really excellent point. Um, all right, next up is uh, Get Smart. Didn't see. Uh, I thought it was like really painful. I thought was it I? would be like a blandly pleasant comedy, and there's just like something. Just like so, uh, just like cynical and cruel about it. It like has has really weird treatment of women, um, and huh. just like a lot of bizarre stuff that I was like, I thought this would be more of like a cute comedy for moms, but it just yeah. like it made me feel gross. Uh, well, I'm glad I skipped that one. Yeah, I like you know I like The Rock. I like Anne Hathaway. I like Steve Carell. But it sounds like it just didn't come together. Yeah. Uh, did not work. Um, uh, next up, Race to Witch Mountain. What did you think of this movie? I, I did definitely see it. Mm-hmm. I remember so little of it that I thought, <laughs> that I thought some of it was Journey 2. <laughs> um, yeah, it, um, I remember it being one of those movies that was very much like yeah that existed and i didn't mm-hmm. hate any of it and it's like kind of spielbergian um and has a few like um somewhat exciting action set pieces um but yeah overall forgettable um so i don't know it's a, it's a tough call so i guess if it's a tough call i'm gonna go with not worth it yeah i thought this was like a really uh just like bland movie like when it really shouldn't be like the 
the premise is so weird, but it's just like all handled in a way that's like, okay, I met some aliens who are kids. Let's go get to the thing now. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it just doesn't really let anything in it be interesting. Um, I mean, though, like the kid actors were like pretty good actors who I feel like could have done like a more fun job. Uh, sure. If those characters had been more interesting. Did you um, ever see the original Escape from Witch Mountain? Yeah, I don't remember it, but I know, like, as a kid, I watched it a lot and, like, really enjoyed it. Yeah, those movies were, were like, what you're, like what you're saying. Like, they kind of embraced the weirdness of the premise. Like, there was a, a whole era of live-action Disney movies in, like, the 70s that were just really strange and, like, um, unabashedly so. And uh, I kind of wished that the remake would have held on to that element of it, but it was not at all that way. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide if we should take a break now. Do you know how long I've been recording? Uh, I can tell you exactly how long. We have been recording for 31 minutes. Okay, let's go a little longer before we Okay. Um, okay, uh, so then Planet 51, uh, sort of similar, I guess, because The Rock befriends an alien kid. Uh, yeah. This movie's whole thing was it's, like, going to be the reverse of aliens coming to Earth. Uh, This human goes to an alien planet, which I thought was, like, a really fun idea. And then I thought the movie was, like, just too confused about, like, what the dynamics would be between humans and aliens and didn't really, like... um, Yeah, it didn't, like, figure out the logic of its premise enough, so because of that it was sort of just, like, flailing all over the place and... uh, yeah, I had I had trouble getting invested in this one. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with anything that you just said, uh, but I do remember liking it. I think I had very low expectations going into mm. it. It was a movie that I did not go to see for myself. My, <laughs> my kid wanted to see it, and um, I thought it was better than I expected it to be. And I did like, you know, like you said, the the basic premise is clever. You know, it's an alien invasion movie where um, a human is the alien. Um, and maybe it, it just occurs to me that it reminded me a little bit of one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, which has a similar mm-hmm. premise, although that's the twist at the end. You don't know what going on there. So I, I give Planet 51 a worth it. Hey. Uh, then, uh, that classic The Rock vehicle we all know and love, uh, next up is a Family Guy episode called Big Man on Hippocampus. This is, <laughs> this is the one where Peter gets amnesia. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sure I had seen it before just like on Adult Swim. And then when I rewatched it for a refresher, I just felt silly, like seeking out a Family Guy episode on purpose. There's like no real reason to do that. Uh, correct. You know. It was fine, but it's uh, we've we could all stop watching Family Guy tomorrow, and we'd all be fine for the rest of our lives. Is this a cameo for The Rock? Or is he yeah, the ca- the Rock part is actually kind of funny if you can find it on YouTube. Because um, what happens is there's a sex scene, and they're like, instead of drawing it, we're gonna cut away to a reenactment from The Rock, and The Rock has these like two action fi- like Family Guy action figures that he's smashing together, and I thought like it, it was kind of funny just because like The Rock is like fully committed to this like cameo his like his face his like watching action figures have sex face it's just like very committed um so i thought that was like fun um 
definitely uh, a fun cameo. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that makes the whole episode worth watching. Yeah, I I mean, you just described to me like every single episode of Family Guy that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, what if instead of showing this thing, we cut away to this very <laughs> contrived thing with a celebrity, a random celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> Did not yeah. see it, but I'm going to still say not worth it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm never going to recommend a Family Guy episode. Just like if you happen to be watching Adult Swim at midnight, then you'll watch it, and that's fine. That's not fair. Worth it. Uh, next up is a bizarre movie called Tooth Fairy. Uh, this is the family film where Dwayne Johnson has to become the Tooth Fairy as a punishment for just for almost telling a kid that the Tooth Fairy isn't real. Like he doesn't even actually do it. It's so just it's not for like, like Santa Claus, where he murders no, the Tooth Fairy and has to take over. The lightest crime possible. He's dating um uh. I gotta remember who this is. Uh, oh, um, uh, Ashley Judd. Oh. This is one of my favorite tropes in uh, The Rock's filmography is when he dates like a relatively regular single mom in a family movie and they just act like it's not weird that she's banging The Rock. <laughs> like when he, when he almost tells her kid that the tooth fairy is real, I'm like, you would let that go to have sex with The Rock. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> so weird. Okay <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, he, uh, he gets roped into this crazy thing where he has to be the tooth fairy and, um, it's just like that bizarre logic where it's like, if you don't want kids to think the tooth fairy is not real, why don't you just tell them that the tooth fairy is 100% real? Like, you just, you, why are you keeping this a secret? Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and it's just like his his arc is really annoying i think because the whole thing is they're like he's cynical because like um one of ashley judd's kids is like hey will i be a a great rock star like neil young that's by the way that's the only thing i found really charming about what? this movie is that the kid just loves classic rock like he he like goes to a guitar store and starts like playing a cream song that okay so this movie was written by a baby boomer for sure like, <laughs> yeah but, their... but like also like that like sometimes happens like my my nephew just visited and he kept like talking about the steve martin banjo album that's out for some reason really? and i was like that's so bizarre, that is bizarre. um but uh so i was so I found it kind of charming that the kid was like constantly talking about Neil Young. All right, um, I'll give you that. But uh, what I found like annoying thematically is that like The Rock is so cynical because he'll be like, "No, you probably won't be a rock star. Like there'll probably be someone better than you," and that's considered like this unforgivable thing. And I was kind of like, "Is it like that bad?" To, like Good advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you might want to have realistic expectations. You might not become real young. <laughs> right. Like he does that a couple times. Like there's another thing where a kid's like, "Will I become a professional hockey player?" And he's like, "I mean, probably not." There's like so many kids trying it, and I get what they're going for as far as like. Yeah, you shouldn't just, like, crush people's dreams all the time. Right. But it's also, like, you should tell people, like, hey, you should learn guitar because you want to, not because you're, like... Yes. <laughs> um, so I found the whole, like, uh, 
lesson kind of like hollow and ridiculous and like in the 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 lesson that lesson also plays out like in the actual story because he uh he just once he believes in himself becomes a professional hockey player again and I'm like I don't know how many people like get out of a sport and then in their 30s or however old old he was in this movie like re-enter it at the professional level like I just don't understand why it's going so hard for like just don't be cynical believe in your dreams it's like I don't know like thing standing in his way yeah yeah I did not see the tooth fairy I also could not convince my kids to watch it with me (laughs) so I was like I'm not watching this one by myself it's totally fair it just did not happen it was it was really bad uh and there was this whole thing where um, Stephen Merchant was a fairy who didn't have ra- wings, which I thought was so weird because, like, The Rock has wings, like, forced upon him. So I was like, what's, like, the logic of this world? Um, and, like, it's blatantly a metaphor for penis envy, the way, like, Stephen Merchant talks about his wings. Um, and yeah. there's also a part where, like... Uh, Seth MacFarlane, of all people, plays, like, a shady fairy who's like, hey, I can get you out of this contract if you come with me. Um, The whole thing is just really weird. Sounds really weird. Yeah. Uh, Next we got uh, a few movies in a row that are all just brief cameos um, and are all terrible. Um, So there's Why Did I Get Married to Tyler Perry Vehicle, uh, which has that... Never even heard of it. Oh, wow. Um, It has that classic Tyler Perry thing where, like, for the first hour, you're like, these are just rich people without any real problems on vacation, so that's not interesting. And then it becomes the saddest thing imaginable. Uh, Janet Jackson's husband assaults her and then burns the only photos they have of their dead child. Oh, my. And then that husband dies and no one talks about how he was the worst monster. She's just like, we didn't always get along, but I'm I'm sorry he's dead. It's true. And that all happens in like half an hour of a movie that's like mostly these people like on vacation um, bickering. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's very bizarre. Tyler and then all... are always so weird in a way where I'm like, I actually do want to watch that. I do want to see. I, I, I have to see that happen. But I think the, the truth of the matter is I really just enjoy watching Tyler Perry trailers. Like, yeah, like yeah. A trailer is all I need to, to kind of get my fix because it's, I don't know if I can ha- handle it for an hour and a half. And I, I didn't see why did I get married one, so I wouldn't even know what's going on anyway. Yeah, and I thought this was, like, I didn't see Why Did I Get Married either, and I, like, watching the husband be, like, that awful, I was like, so is there a whole first movie of them being, like, a good couple? Because I can't imagine, like, being invested in a couple, and then a sequel comes out. Like, if American Wedding had been like, now Jim is assaulting uh, um, Michelle, I'd be like, that's a weird extension of the last movie of that not happening. Right. Um, and so it's all this very bizarre long walk to get to the, what I assume was a setup for a third movie that never happened, where Janet Jackson, after going through all this horrible hell, meets The Rock, and he's just like a perfect guy who immediately likes her, and it was like, so was all this terrible stuff that happened all just prefaced to being like, but in the end, you'll get The Rock to fall in love with you, it's... 
So it's, it's like very the Empire weird. Strikes Back of the Why Did We Get Married <laughs> saga. Yeah. And we just there's... never got a Return of the Jedi. Yeah, there's uh, a few franchise movies he's in that we'll talk about that have very clear setups for really specific sequels that never happened. Right. Um, the next one, uh, the, the other guys has slightly more The Rock. Uh, they do the exact same bit Reno 911 Miami did where he's like the, uh, the, the cool cop. capable cop yeah. who, uh, perishes. Um, is it him I, and Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, him and Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I thought this movie was just really painful. It like sort of feels like it's supposed to be a satire of toxic masculinity. Right. But in a way where, like, you're just watching that and, like, uh, it's that thing of, like, who is this for? Because I think, like, a sexist guy would, like, just enjoy it and be like, the stuff they're watching is funny. And then if you're not that, you're like, I already knew this is bad, so I don't know why I'm, like, watching a satire of it. Um, It's just cops being awful and... um, Will Ferrell being very, very mean to his wife, which I, I don't ever want to see. No. Um, um, it, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, uh, I, have, I have a hard time watching Mark Wahlberg, which I think oh, is why, God, I, yeah. why I resisted this one. So yeah. I did not see it. And I think um, we'll talk about another Mark Wahlberg movie later, but I feel like not only is he awful, but it always like comes out in what projects he decides to do. Like He's not one of those actors where like you can compartmentalize because they're always movies about just like guys being disgusting and that being glorified you can't Um, separate the art from the artist in that case yeah Yeah. that's such a good point like when you think about his filmography and then also just his personality and how it all just is this (laughs) seamless douchiness (laughs) yeah um and then the next one that's just a a quick little Lorac cameo is You Again, the uh, the rom-com with... Uh, well, it's not really a rom-com. It's weird. It, like... There's, like, a very quick part at the end where they're suddenly, like, uh, oh, and this guy from high school always had a crush on you, and she, like, flirts with him because it's, like, they suddenly remembered that this has the feel of a rom-com, so they need to, like, throw a guy in there. But most of it is just, like, a regular comedy about um, Kristen Bell... Uh, Goes to her brother's wedding, but surprise, her brother, who she's very close to, never actually mentioned who his fiance is, but she's uh, Kristen Bell's old enemy from high school, who is very mean, uh, played by Odette Annable. Um, and uh, it's it's very bad. It, like, that's a, I think that's a really interesting theme of, like, meeting someone again as an adult and being like, you know, how much can I put the past behind me? Like, how how much is this going to be too painful for us to proceed? And it's, I think this happens a lot with, like, um, sort of, like, big-budget mainstream comedies is they'll, like, think of a concept like that and then spend their screen time just doing everything else, like, just being like, oh, what if she jogged, but she fell, and then there were bees? And it's like, <laughs> you just, just, like, explore the actual concept and, like, find the humor in that, yeah. you know? Um and uh, it was clearly made hastily during the, like... I mean, I guess people still talk about Betty White all the time, but this was, like, the year when people really talked about Betty White. So there's, right. like, there's like five minutes of Betty White that were, like, clearly for the trailer. Um, 
and uh yeah it's just it's it's all stuff that doesn't doesn't work it's just yeah that thing of like trying to be a family comedy but not not putting any effort to like being based in anything that's real and emotionally resonant so everything just uh just falls really flat it was that year when betty white was like fidget spinners yes exactly (laughs) i remember that year very well what what do you think was going on with the rock during this period where he's just like hey i'm just gonna pop in to like a whole bunch of movies yeah that's that's a weird thing one two three in a row like where he's just like just hanging out on the set yeah hey do you want (laughs) to play this guy for a couple of minutes yeah i guess like i a lot of i think a lot of actors experience that where they like real like it seems like from what i i've like i've heard actors talk about this where it's like you get treated in like such a cushy way like um i know kevin smith was talking about like he and jason muse like cameoed in something and jason muse was like this is awesome we should do this all the time and kevin smith was like we we do in like our movies that we have like bigger parts in so i guess it's just like for whatever reason like really appealing to just like get that like two-day shoot guest money yeah it might just be kind of fun and it's an easy easy paycheck yeah and it's this is it an interesting thing i found like watching these is like um i sort of remembered the rock just like coming out and becoming the biggest star on the planet which is like sort of true like uh you know mummy returns scorpion king being his very first movies is like insane for most actors um Mm -hmm. but there is sort of this period in the middle where his his movies were like the kinds of thing things you would like rent but not go to in theaters or he's like cameoing in big movies so it's like he's doing like he's doing enough but it's really not like now when like every single the rock movie is like a huge movie that he's also the star of mm-hmm. um Speaking of those movies that are forgettable, uh, next up is a movie called Faster. Does not exist. Um, yeah, you, that you is totally fair. <laughs> um, uh, the Rock is a criminal and Billy Bob Thornton is the cop chasing him down, which sounds right up my alley, but yeah. it is not. Um, it was so boring. Billy Bob Thornton isn't hot in it, which I thought was a crime. Um the the really the only part i remember i posted a screen cap of this is there's this long long sequence of this guy doing yoga and little shorts and i thought that was enjoyable uh and then yeah the rest of the movie it just sort of feels like um you're like someone took cut footage from other the rock movies and like just hobbled it together yeah i i i can believe that uh then we've got an episode of Transformers Prime. It's actually the first episode ever, Darkness Rising Part 1, um, which you I thought forget. was... Yeah. I thought this was not as bad as it could have been. Um, it this had, like, animated, a little... Yeah. Okay. Um, it had, like, a little bit more plot and distinct characters than some of these, um, you know, like, merchandise-based cartoons that come out. Uh, but not enough for me to give it uh, a worth it. I don't think um, it's it's pretty bland, and there's this thing where um, the only girl transformer is like a sexy little motorcycle, um, <laughs> so that's not great. <laughs> oh, terrible! The 
always, I don't, I feel like even now, still, they're doing the, like, all of the gender and racial stereotypical uh, Transformers. And yeah. I don't like, know this... why no one has stepped in and said, listen. <laughs> yeah, this was idea. like 2010, where I was like, even like the M&Ms, there's like a second girl who's not <laughs> right. just sexy. Like, yeah. at least be on that level. <laughs> there's a bookish woman <laughs> M&M now. Um, all right, we're going to take a, a quick ad break now. Okay. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams and I have a podcast for you. It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies, people are dumb, and history can prove it. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.